with everything going on, are we not going to mention that Iran launched missiles at a U.S. military facility? I mean, it. They launched missiles at an airbase with American troops. We're not. We're not discussing it. I saw that mentioned, and I said, "Huh, ain't that something?" That was a, it was an odd tweet, an odd thought. Uh, in there about you know this this back and forth that's going on and we hit a uh, an installation that was Iranian backed in Syria and now they're hitting and it's it's it, it's it's like it didn't happen. That's well, a very weird thing to be thinking didn't happen when what's well, happening. And I bring this up because what a thing that would be discussed. If Donald Trump were still president, as a matter of fact, uh, there would be nothing else to discuss. Iraq rocket fire targets base hosting U.S. coalition forces. The conversation would be anything except Donald Trump put American troops in harm's way. It's not even it's not even a blip. On people's radars. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. You should go about liking uh, that page. I think it's worth noting. Now, I spoke to a series of members of Congress and of, of the U.S. Senate about the airstrike, and none of them said that Joe Biden was wrong. They said that what they needed was more information because they didn't know anything else about it right now. This was during uh, a CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, last weekend. They may have a different view on it now. I'll have to go back and ask them. The argument of, of was it right or was it wrong it could, could be one of politics, could be one of, uh, of national security, and we could have an, a, a disagreement there. The way a place we can have a disagreement on is we're not talking about this. If this was Trump, it would be 24-7. He's leading us to, mo- to war. The drumbeats of war. Wouldn't that be it? It would be the drumbeats of war. That would, that would be the, the totality of, of the conversation, 150%. I'm assuming that's what the drumbeats of war may sound like. No? Are they completely different? All right. Maybe. Completely different is Texas and the governor, Greg Abbott, saying we are done here with living uh, in this world of fear. It's time to get open. So today I'm issuing a new executive order that rescinds most of the earlier executive orders. Effective next Wednesday, all businesses of any type are allowed to open 100%. That includes any type of entity in Texas. Also, I am ending the statewide mask mandate. Yes! 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 I'm pretty happy. I'm, I'm pretty happy about this. 
Mississippi, by the way, is doing the same. Governor Tate announcing they will do the same. Governor Gavin Newsom of California says this is irresponsible and a mistake. And that's how you know it's a good idea. Whatever, whatever Gavin Newsom is doing, go the other way. You're going to be just fine. That's true about the weather. That's true about, uh, about stock tips. Whatever Gavin Newsom is doing, unless it's a real estate deal, he does know how to manipulate the system to make a couple bucks. i got to admit, that's, he's, he, that's very impressive. That's a Everything good else, go the other way. 150%. Is it the right thing to do to say no more mask mandates when we're open? I argue yes. Because the mask mandate conversation is not the only way people wear masks. It doesn't stop anyone from wearing a mask. It doesn't stop a business from saying you need to wear a mask here. And so we're clear, the business has rights. And if the business says you wear a mask, you know what you do? You wear a mask or don't frequent the business. And there's going to be some yutz who's going to tell me all about freedom and whatnot, who's going to decide he can walk into anywhere, even though they demand a mask. And he's going to be like, I don't have to wear a mask. And uh, that guy's going to be wrong. And he's going to be a, end up being a jerk face. And he's going to be, there's going to be video. And he's going to be like, well, that was silly. And that's going to be it. The store can still demand it. The restaurant can still demand it. The bar can still demand it. All of those things. All of those things. There should just be no mandates. As for being open, of course everything should be open 100%. It should have been open 100% six months ago. Well, Tony, we had a huge uptick. That means zero to me. And I will say that to whatever health official you put in front of me. I'm not trying to be crude or rude. I'm not even being cavalier. I am making the argument that lockdowns were a mistake, lockdowns are un-American, lockdowns are indecent. And from the very beginning, we asked this question. This is the question we asked here. Is this the right way to go? And clearly the answer was no. You cannot stop society to save society. I said that. You know what I got told? This guy's going to get people killed. What, what can I say? There are some people who really don't, you know, have the ability to think rationally. Immediately engage fear, hide under the bed. Uh, people, you, you know them, they're your neighbors or maybe they're relatives. They're willing to sit at home where their government-appointed gray garb and await further instruction. This is what they're willing to do. I don't think that as Americans we should be willing to do that. I think it's an absolutely terrible, terrible idea. Now, I know what you're going to say, Tony, about what about the 108 uh, illegal immigrants released by Border Patrol? As the story goes, 108 illegal illegal immigrants released by Border Patrol in Texas tested positive for coronavirus. Well, is that uh, a reason to keep wearing a mask and to keep things at 50% or 25% or 75%? No, that's a reason to shut down the border 100%. See what I did there? Do you see how easy that worked? I favor the citizen first. I don't think we should be mean. I don't think we should be rude. I don't think we should be glib. or I don't think we should be attacking people. But I am making hard choices and engaging in, in what can only be described as a leadership conversation. And in that leadership conversation, I choose... 
Americans first. Our rights first. Our freedoms first. Our society first. After we're done here, I'm I'm more than willing to help others. In the same way that you put on your own oxygen mask before assisting your children. So I've got my oxygen mask on, I'm putting my children's oxygen mask on, and then I'll go help other people. But the answer, if we now have illegal immigrants bringing COVID into the country, is not to allow anybody in. Lock it all down. Oh, you can still allow the the, the cargo to happen. You can allow the trade to happen. You got temperature checks there, all sorts of things you can do. Check, double check, and recheck. But shutting down the border is a rational course. If it's not a rational course, if the argument is that the rational course is to shut down society, but not shut down the border, well, let, let us grab all the bourbon we can and let these people try and spin themselves out of that one. Literally had a bombing that affected U.S. airmen or U.S. Uh, military men, and it's getting zero mentions in the press. And people are more upset with the state of Texas allowing citizens to be free than they are about illegal immigrants coming across the border where we think we should have a more porous border as opposed to doing something about it to protect the American citizens who are living with all of these restrictions. I I told you there should be bourbon. We've got a lot to get to, people. I'm Tony Katz. Goodwill, you're like, ooh, there's a nice jacket. I'm going to get me a deal. Love Goodwill. Right? Now, I never went to a Goodwill until I moved to Indiana. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's so good to be with you. I have never seen anything like it in my life. Same here. That I, I, It never dawned on me to go to a Goodwill and like, hey, let's see what you got. Now, when, when, when I was living in Los Angeles, we were broke broke in Los Angeles, two very, very young children. It was all Craigslist, right? Uh, I, I lost everything I owned when I lived in Los Angeles, and the only way the kids got toys or clothes was Craigslist. That was everything. You'd meet people like in a, in a parking lot, <laughs> not recognizing the levels of unsafe it could be, and people been you know had bad experiences. We never had anything but good experiences, and that's the only way the kids had clothes. On, on, true story. Only way that it happened. Moved to Indiana for 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 work where I I, I live now, and and there's there's like a Goodwill on every block, so we we went into one. The amount of things that people are donating that they clearly have not only never worn but left the tags on that they spent seventy two dollars on that is now four bucks, is insane. And people get entire wardrobes from Goodwill. Producer Ari, true or false? My wardrobe is from Goodwill. 150, well, his, he's a terrible example, but there's good clothes too. No, I, okay, that's, I don't dress very well, but no, my wife has shopped exclusive, like, I, I love my wife to death. She has found some amazing stuff at Goodwill, and that's all I wear. It is surreal. I can't, I can't say it enough. It is surreal. And everybody who lives in Indiana is like, yep, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, um, 
somebody uh, donated a jacket to Goodwill. And as these stories often go, if you're making a donation, check, double check, and recheck. They left five grand in the pocket of an old jacket. This guy, he's in, he's in Texas. He realizes this in February. Early February, he's like, oh, no. You did not donate that jacket, did you? So the guy comes in. He's like, listen, my, my, wife, don't, uh, um, my, my wife gave this jacket five grand in, 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 in there. Right? Five thousand dollars uh, in there. Have, have you seen it? Have you found it? I need, I need to get back, that back. And the store's like, sorry, we, we, we haven't uh, seen that. We literally uh, go through every single bag, of course, and we may not have gotten to it yet because a lot of people are donating. And they are because people have been home because of COVID. They've been cleaning out and they've been donating like crazy. You drive by and it, it's loaded up. And then, uh, the, the, of course, they had the ice and they were they were closed. And then the next thing you know, one of the employees starts running to the manager like, I found it. They actually found the $5,000 and gave it back, only proving that there is decency still left in the world. I mean, there was the story of the guy in in, uh, Michigan who found $43,000 in a couch. The guy who owned the couch was literally storing his money in there. He dies. The family didn't know that. They gave away the couch. This guy finds the forty-three grand and gives it back to them. He, they like they sold it, right? Or donated it to a thrift store. A thrift store sells it. He buys it, finds the money, figures out who they are, and gives them back the money. I bring it up because in a world where everybody has gone completely and totally out of their mind, the world people still have decency. It's very, very important that we know that people still have decency. Uh, not so much from the people uh, who are part of the Biden team. You have Neera Tandon, who has now given up her bid to run the Office of Management and Budget, OMB. She's saying, hey, in honor of a lifetime to be nominated, but I'm never going to get uh, you know, past the, this process. I'm never going to be confirmed by the Senate because I'm really an ugly person. Right? The, the tweets, the hate, the this and the that. We're not going to get confirmed. So Biden's like, look, I'll I'll put you somewhere else that doesn't need confirmation. You're part of the team. So one down, one to go. And that one is a conversation about Javier Becerra. Javier Becerra, attorney general of California, looking to be uh, running uh, HHS, Health and Human Services. I got to admit that Ted Cruz did a number, a number on Javier Becerra. And discussing what it is we need right now, that if, if we're going to get into this idea that we, what, what we need, what we have to, to do is have, well, partisanship. That, no, we need people of, of knowledge to run health and human services. A priority of the Biden administration is to defeat this pandemic. And yet the Biden nominee to lead the Health and Human Services Agency is an individual who is woefully unqualified and has absolutely zero experience in anything related to health care. Javier Becerra is not a doctor. He's not a scientist. He's never worked in health care. He's never worked at a hospital. He has no experience in virology. He has no experience in pharmaceuticals. As far as I can tell, the only connection Mr. Becerra has to health care is that he sued the Little Sisters of the Poor. 
in the midst of a global pandemic, we need a leader who can actually lead the Health and Human Services Department to defeat this pandemic. He's not wrong. There have been a lot of times in history, Republicans and Democrats alike, who have nominated somebody who has no real connection to the job at hand. Uh, You can clearly make the argument that Dr. Ben Carson knew nothing uh, of significance about housing to run housing and urban development. You can't deny that Ben Carson's a smart guy. Ben Carson's a smart guy. Anybody who says otherwise is out of their head. You don't get to save the brain surgeon, not a smart guy. It's just not the way any of this works. Don't be ridiculous. But maybe, just maybe, in this case, at this moment in time, you should have somebody who knows a little something medical. Maybe what Ted Cruz is discussing here isn't the craziest thing in the world. Now, when I bring this up, I scare myself because you could have uh, Biden say, okay, well, we'll take Becerra out. Here's Ezekiel Emanuel. And if you have Ezekiel Emanuel in there, that's just frightening. The guy who gave us Obamacare, a guy who, uh, Ezekiel Emanuel, he's one of these people who's like like down with infanticide, right? Like, he is he one of those? Is he like the Ralph Northam types? Like where you just leave the baby on the table and then the doctor and the mother discuss what to do with it if the abortion didn't take. Someone get back to me on that, would you please? I know it's dark stuff, but these are dark people. (laughs) Dark souls, dark lives. (laughs) The way they view things. I thought it was a a rational conversation from, from Ted Cruz, from Senator Cruz on this subject. That maybe at this time, maybe at this moment, you'd want somebody who's got a skill set that could be helpful. Does Becerra have any skill set that could be helpful? Tony, uh, Pete Buttigieg is the Secretary of Transportation. Does he have a skill set that could be helpful? He was the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. You know what I mean? He's at least dealt with some of these issues before. He doesn't have an expertise regarding transportation, but he's dealt with some of the issues before. There's an argument that could be made. Sarah? Nah. Oh, and never mind that he's a radical progressive. So is this entire administration. But tell me more about how Biden's a moderate. Uh, Facebook, uh, it, it, it's new and it doesn't work. And I need to know if anybody else is having a problem. This is Tony Katz today. Medical claims have decreased in 2020. Mental health claims? Bigger for children through the roof. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669 on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Now, I came across this this uh, tweet from uh, Marty uh, Macari, who had worked with the World Health Organization. We've quoted him before. New research on kids we should have anticipated. Self-harm and overdoses increased 91 to 100%. And it references this this story about the amount of increase regarding uh, mental health claims 
specifically from kids. They're up through the roof, through the roof. Now, the reason that the regular health claims are, are down is because people are working from home. Ask yourself, as somebody who works from home, right? Ask yourself as that person, how often have you called in sick? And the answer is if you're working from home, you probably never called in sick unless you had COVID and you were having trouble breathing. Why would you call in sick? You're home. You're wearing your PJs. You started working at 9.35. You finished at 3.02. You took an hour lunch. For what reason would you call in sick? But you still have all those sick days that you can accumulate and utilize. There's actually conversations now of some groups getting rid of the sick days. Because they know it's a scam. The sick day thing was always a scam. No, I mean, I'm not saying that you don't get sick. That's not, that's not the argument I'm making. It's that uh, people are like, oh, you know what, I'm just, I'm just not interested. I'll take a sick day. That's not what a sick day is for. Now, is it? And it's abusive. Of course it is. And maybe I'm bitter because what sick days do I really get to take? I can't just decide, you know, I'm taking some time off. It's got to get planned. <laughs> There's a whole thing. There's a committee. It's nuts. It is nuts. So the, the, the amount of sick days being utilized is, is minimal because nobody's calling in sick when they're working from home. So the claims are therefore lessened. But the amount of people discussing mental health issues, specifically for children aged 13 to 18, overwhelming in double digits every month since March of last year. Here, there, this is all of 2020. So March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, and November. And in April, it was up over 100%. Now, why is it happening? We know why it's happening. Continuations of lockdowns, continuation of of isolation, continuing not having in-person school. We are fully aware of this. This is why the very idea of um, uh, being in, if you're in prison, being in isolation is, is, is torture. Americans, I mean, not Americans, human beings, they're, they're not meant to be alone. Sometimes you like to be alone, but it doesn't mean that you should be forcing people to be alone. It is absolutely torture. These kids have no idea what to do. And they've got parents like, sorry. You know, I don't, I don't want to be the guy out there blaming parents, especially if you have a child who's got an issue. But you're doing them no good, as I see it, by telling them they can't hang out with friends. Right? It, 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 it's just not doing any good at all and in any way. And these kids are suffering. Much more we are going to see. You know, everyone talks about, like, like what's happening on the education side and, and how, much, uh, how far behind they are. Guys, that's, that's not the one. All right, it's an issue, but it's not the issue. The issue is going to be the socialization issue. We have no concept of how this is going to play out. You live in a world where you're 15 or 16. I don't know about you at 15 or 16. Me, I, I, was, I was a fan of ladies. Now, I, I, was, I was not the ladies' man. I didn't have it together until later in life. I was the late bloomer on everything. But I was aware. I was cogent. I went on a date in my life. 
not only do you create a society, uh, a, a, social, a socialness, a society now where anything you say is wrong and no, no, that's you're, 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 you're being too aggressive and oh, toxic masculinity and all these kinds of things. I'm talking specifically for guys in this case. But, it, but I think for girls, it, 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 it has to apply to, to some level. Now you have this no connectivity. Even in schools, they're wearing masks and you're not allowed to hang out during passing periods. No one gets to know anybody. No one gets to talk to anybody. And no one gets to experience anybody, which happens in teenage years. So how do they learn socialization? What we've told them is to fear socialization. Not only we taught them uh, to fear socialization in, in, this, uh, in this woke culture concept, now it's in, in, it's in your health. I don't know how things progress from there. Things just go back to normal, right? The natural urge of the human condition reigns supreme. Mental conditioning can have a can have a serious play. And I and I got to admit, I'm I'm worried. I look at my own kids, I look at others, I'm like this. How you connect with other people. This is the one that that I'm more worried about than any anything else. Let me let me know what you think. You can let me know. Uh, Twitter and Parlor at Tony Katz. Uh, uh, Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. And if you send me a message there, uh, the odds of me seeing it are near 0% because I can't figure it out. They did an update. I, I need help. I don't, I don't know when I reach this age. I'm trying to figure out the update. I cannot do it. It sucks. So, like, usually people can through the Facebook page, Tony Katz Radio. They can send me a message. Right? They can send me about, hey, hey, Tony, love the show. Or, hey, Tony, what about this? Hey, Tony, you suck. I mean, I get all sorts of, I get all sorts of things. I can't find that now. I can't find it desktop. I sure as bloody hell can't find it mobile. You're clearly uh, do. it's clearly you, because there's no way they would make it complicated it enough to. sucks so bad. It's, it, it's suckety suck, suck, sucks. I cannot figure it's a mess. It's a jumble. I can't find things. People are commenting on stuff. I'm having trouble finding the original post. And I'm saying that if I have become this ridiculous old man, well, crap. I've got to, I don't know what to do about that except literally set all the computers in my house on fire and that'll solve the problem. Every change has been annoying, but I've kind of figured it out. This one, I'm just a, I'm just a mess. I'm like, nope, can't do it. Cannot find anything. It looks terrible. It feels terrible. My news feed, my news feed is from stories two weeks ago. Can I tell you the majority of my news feed is the Indiana Pacers basketball team. I never followed the Indiana Pacers, at least that I know of. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why. I need to look at DeMontis Sabonis and a, and a slam dunk? I mean, good on him. You've seen one, you've seen them all. Sorry, DeMontis. I mean, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just saying, man. You just got a little more elevation. I don't need this. I want my stuff. My stuff is not there. So if you have advice on how to deal with the new Facebook, would you please help a brother out? Seriously and truly, I mean, I just, I just can't stand what it is that they've done. F these people. They're the worst. The absolute worst. I'm Tony Katz. 
watching people fall all over themselves to get away from Andrew Cuomo is just unbelievable. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. My Cuomo crush turned out to be Stockholm Syndrome over the Daily Beast Molly Jong Fast. Now, I, I don't have any relationship with Molly Jong Fast, except I've had a couple of interactions on social media where I found her to be, well, gross. And I think she found me to be gross, so okay, we're done. I, you think I'm terrible, I think you're terrible. Her headline is, my Cuomo crush turned out to be Stockholm Syndrome. Hindsight is 2020, she writes. But let's remember how scary and opaque the world was a year ago and what a relief it was to have someone who wasn't Trump projecting competence. Was Andrew Cuomo projecting competence? Or is Andrew Cuomo lying through his teeth? What are you talking about? Even in your mea culpa, you don't get it right. You told us that Andrew Cuomo was a living God, that we should bow down at his feet and thank the Lord above that he walked amongst us mortals in order to give us clarity in these times of questioning. All praise the mighty Andrew Cuomo and, of course, his simpleton brother for leading us through the dark times to the promised land. Praise be his name. Praise be his name. Where would we be without Andrew Cuomo, I ask you? Who would have held all those press conferences, hmm? It's not like there were 49 other governors who wanted to have a conversation. Maybe some of them thought different. Did anyone think to bring live the press conferences of Governor Christie Nome? No, why would we do that? That went against narrative. Narrative was, my God, why aren't you afraid? Afraid for the life of you and the ones that you love. Oh, what? You want to see Grandma? Hmm. You must be a murderous bastard. Did you want to go visit that great aunt? Hmm. Somebody has a death wish. You want to see your uncle? Well, I guess you decided to get into snuff films then. No, it was Governor Andrew Cuomo to lead the way. Lead the way to the promised land and how to be good and decent, how to be moral and upright, and how to speak truth to power. That's evil power. That was President Donald Trump. He wasn't giving us the truth, even though Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci would speak every single day to America. No, it was Donald Trump who was leading us to a dark, dark place. That is how they saw it, right? Like, that's how they saw the whole thing and, and, and the, in, in their head. That, that's what was happening. They said, we need somebody who can speak against this stuff. Bring us Andrew Cuomo, won't you? Bring us a man of decency and goodness in a strange, peculiar accent. Bring him and put him on television and let us glorify his name. And he'll tell us the truth. The truth about how we need more ventilators. You know they didn't need the ventilators, right? Actually, ventilators hurt people who had uh, coronavirus. Turns out that they thought that that was the case, but it wasn't actually the case. So the idea that they needed more ventilators wasn't actually true. I think the fact that Joe Biden I got too many things playing at once. <laughs> Couldn't keep it going. Um, it's 
it's unreal how they have moved and maneuvered, how they have uh, positioned themselves in this. How they have um, kind of just lost their heads. And now they know something they already knew about Andrew Cuomo. These stories about him being a, 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 a bad dude, they, they were already out there. They were already out there and already existed. And to have to come back to it, and we should be clear, Andrew Cuomo was not uh, projecting uh, competence. He was lying, lying about nursing homes, uh, lying about how things were going. He didn't deserve an Emmy, except maybe because it was a good acting job. Andrew Cuomo, by the way, has been stripped of his powers. His emergency powers, uh, the General Assembly there took it away. Nope, no more emergency orders uh, and declarations from you. They were set to expire mid-April, but to take them away is their move to say, see, we're not happy with you. And we're not happy with you because, well, you got multiple women who are saying these things about you. You've gone through your usefulness. We don't need you anymore. You know how I know this? Molly Jong Fast is throwing him under the bus. He was... He was he was competent in a scary world. Let's remember how scary and opaque the world was a year ago. What, what are you talking about? We didn't know much about coronavirus then. We know much more about it now. That's true. But is that how you lived in a scary and opaque world? See, this is what happens when you politicize a virus as opposed to, okay, people, we've got a problem. We're going to solve the problem. Everybody stay calm. Let's get to work. Boom, 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 boom. Listen, we're not 100% sure if the mask is going to work, but we think everyone should wear a mask. Listen, we can't just shut places down, but if businesses want to close or if, or, or if others want to have uh, some social distancing, we really think social distancing will help in the spread of this disease. So maybe maybe restaurants want to spread some things apart. I know it's going to be a bit of a hit, but it's, it's better than shutting down. Let's go. That's all it would have taken. We had leading by fear in states all across the country. Republicans and Democrats leading by fear. Nope, you should stay locked in your house and await further instructions is not leadership. That's dictatorial garbage. What does Molly Jong Fast refer to it as? A relief. Oh, Lord. Goodness gracious. But all oh, there, they are off of that sinking ship. That is Cuomo. Uh, speaking of, he's got a presser. Is that right, Producer Ari? He does. And then what time is that? Should be any minute now. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna record it. We're gonna bring it to you. Uh, the the over under that he's going to resign in this press conference is zero. So please don't think that's coming. That's absolutely positively not coming. He's not resigning. Don't be silly. There has not been anywhere near enough pressure on him to think that he has to go. Not at all. As a matter of fact, I would say that if re-election was today, he'd still get 53% of the vote. The New Yorkers. Not bright. Now, admittedly, I'm talking more about New York City than New York State. But New York City has so many people that, you know, they're not bright. These people still vote for Chuck Schumer. How smart could they be? Now, I don't know what he's going to say. 
He's got three different women. Three different women making these claims. Do I hear four? I mean, that's... You gotta wonder. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Twitter and Instagram and Parler, at Tony Katz, this is Tony Katz Today.